Well, guys, in Ukraine, we had a group of officials get in trouble for apparently running an illegal mining rig at the local nuclear power plant. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name is Kareem Baruka, and I'm here with Brent Philbin. Oh, what is up? <laughs> and Adam Ruthless Levy. Hey, everyone. What's up? How you doing? I'm East Coast, Florida. Let's East do it. East Coast, Florida. That's right. Adam is in this side of the country with us. We are recording at night today, and you're listening, of course, to our Friday flagship. We are covering weekly events, current events in the crypto space. Brent, do we have any show updates before we dive into the news? Anything you want to tell the audience about the... So we definitely kind of fucked up here. This is episode 200. We didn't do anything special. So this is the 200th episode of this show. Feels like we just started it yesterday, huh? Oh, Damn, I remember this is back episode in my 200? Day. Anyway, yeah, this is the 200th episode. You know, we should have, like, gotten some return guest or something but we didn't it crept up on me i uh, we haven't been doing as many in between episodes we've just been handling the news that is changing we have done two streams so far uh outside of the podcast on the crypto basic twitch which got up to four viewers on one of them to be fair i haven't really told anybody that i was doing the streams except facebook but they're there so if you followed us for that wild foods promotion then you would have gotten it Speaking of which, that Wild Foods promotion was drawn. We did get two winners of the $50 gift cards that was announced two flagships ago, ended sometime in between these two flagships. So our winners for that one, I'm going to pull them up right now so I can say their names. They've both claimed and they're both there. They're both real people. I just can't remember the name of them right now. Uh, Justin Murdoch and Mikhail Rapoport both were winners there on that one so thanks for being listeners and thanks for claiming your 50 dollars wild foods gift cards All i right, think anyway. uh i think brent you should just dress up as turmeric man except like that's just you <laughs> singing happy birthday to crypto uh basic for the 200th for episode. the 200th episode for the turmeric man yeah one of the things you could have seen was me being turmeric man which is funny uh i i did a couple other funny ones they they haven't been released yet so when they do you can follow the wild foods instagram and you'll probably see funny stuff of me maybe i'll do more funny stuff i don't know anyway and, uh brent we also got a couple of interviews coming up is that right yeah 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 <laughs> yeah reel it in kareem stop jesus christ <laughs> um no i wanted to stay on the streaming for a second we are probably going to be streaming more often i am also going to stream on wednesday uh or actually it might be tuesday let me let me not get this wrong this co coming up, I streamed a fantasy football draft, which people apparently liked. Well, two things happened. One, I streamed a fantasy football draft, but Charlie was in it. Our friend Charlie, who always shoots angles, and he figured out that I was streaming the fantasy football draft, and he went in and oh watched it. Oh, my God. He was... Oh, no. Yeah. So he was he was stream sniping me on my fantasy football draft. So I've got another one coming up that he's not in, uh, 8 to 11 p.m., uh, Central Standard Time, so 9 to 12 Eastern on Tuesday the 27th. So coming up this Tuesday. So if you want, I will stream that if you want to pop on. That one's an interesting one. It's an auction. But yeah, I but I knew it. Here's the thing. I posted on Facebook and I knew the second Charlie saw it, he would come on there and he would do it. So I threw out a tester to see if he was there and I call, I basically flushed him out. So it's fine. But coming <laughs> up, we do have a couple of interviews 
uh, that are that are going to be kind of cool uh, because we had kind of not been doing interviews. I went through, found some old ones. Uh, there's a, the creator of Crypto Canary is coming on, which is not like an ICO or random coin project or anything. It is kind of the opposite. It's like this ratings website where you go on and like rate things. And literally, I told him, okay, all I did was go look at Substratum. I looked at Tron and I looked at like one other thing and they were all rated like 13%. And I looked at Bitcoin and it was 100 and Ethereum was 100. And I was like, all right, I'm in. This this rating system is cool. I want to talk to this guy. So, yeah, he's coming on the show. And then I'm actually going to bring on the uh, the analyst from the Ember Fund, which as an uncompensated episode, uh, even though they technically paid us before, I just... I liked his coins and I liked his selection and I want to get in his brain, pick his brain a little bit about his process. And he had see, engine, right? Yeah, he had he had engine hundred percent on uh, crypto canary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had bat. He had some, and then one token that I hadn't heard of before. But I don't know. He. I wanted. I want to know what his methodology is like. I want to know what it's like being a non-active trading fund manager. He will make trades every now and then, but it's not like he's trying to buy the bands and stuff like that. So they're coming up. Uh, and I am working on a couple more 101s for projects. If we, We've kind of hit a bottleneck with 101s because I really like having the creators on the shows, or at least people who are part of the team, and it's not as easy to get them on as it seemed in the first place. So we might have to switch back to like us talking about coins, which eh, I don't know. So... Yeah, uh, yeah my, my 101, it would just be like, it does stuff. I don't really know. It's fake money, but it does stuff on my phone. And then we get to do stuff, more stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure it, you're going to do better than that. And I will prove uh, to you, Adam, that you have more entertaining skills than you're giving yourself credit for and inform- informational skills because you're about to hit us up with our rapid fire section. These are news and events that headlines that caught our eye, but stories that we're not necessarily going to dive into. All right, rapid fire. Stuff happened in the crypto world. All right, we're on to uh, the next portion of the show. <laughs> okay, is that, you is that a Rick and Morty reference? What? No, I was just trolling. I was just uh, uh, continuing the bit. Anyways, okay, rapid fire. Patrick Byrne, the CEO, actually the former CEO of Overstock.com, actually had to step down recently. And and the reason that I mean, he wrote a letter to shareholders on Thursday, and this is where things get a little weird or murky, is that he had to admit that he had an 18, or sorry, he had a three-year relationship with Maria Butina, who is a Russian agent <laughs> currently serving 18 months in prison, pleading guilty to charges of acting as a foreign agent. Holy wow. shit. I didn't... He's wrapped up in all that? Yeah. So so it's like, I mean, yeah. I, I, the reason why we're mentioning Overstock is because they were one of the first companies, we'll say late 2017, that were like, oh, yeah, we're taking Bitcoin. We like Bitcoin. But that is quite a situation for Overstock to, I mean, he needs to resign. Bro, this girl, wow. Marie, this was a legit spy. She had a relationship with like five or six important dudes she was also with somebody in the nra and a couple of republican congress people so listen i'm gonna admit i i threw this in the rapid fire with rapid fire we tend to throw stories in there that don't require any further reading i'm just like whatever it's a the the headline is he stepped down like how could there be more to that and i threw it on there at the top because he loved bitcoin and he was the reason overstock took bitcoin and all that 
and having Maria Bettina is, uh, and for those that are, yeah, that are not up on it, she is like, like single-handedly bringing down tons of people be once they found out she was a Russian agent and she's, I don't know. It seems like she used her, her while, her womanly wiles there to, to get into these mm-hmm. situations and honeypot uh, ever heard of it yeah watch and, archer for every single time i pull up a picture of her i expect her to be like more attractive because <laughs> i'm like oh like she's duping all of these guys like she those must be bad pictures that i've seen of her in the past right nope this is have you seen killing eve by the way no it's an unreal show that's basically that <laughs> and it, it, it's like got uh, Sandra O oh from Formula Grains of Nadrian or whatever. And she's chasing this assassin who is basically just killing very high up people throughout the show. And but she plays all these different roles. But she's actually she's like really, really attractive. So it kind of is is a little bit of that where the like, same thing, but different. Does she like join the NRA and stuff? Because that's what those uh, are. No, no, no. She's French. So and that's she's, also for it, TV. People are always more attractive on TV. She's she's OK. I get what you're saying. She's not like on, in a James Bond movie, but yeah. I mean, I want to watch not... a movie about Maria Butina now, though. <laughs> oh, there are a lot of women on happen. planet Earth that I would compromise my morals for. I just this isn't one of them. I don't know. <laughs> like, the, yeah, I'm well, just saying. You, you're not an old rich Republican. You're not the target here. Not buddy. yet. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Next story. All right. So the next story is somehow more ridiculous. It is a <laughs> coin called Banano. Uh, a coin called, first of all, before you go on, a coin called Banano, when we used to do our weekly roundup of our cryptocurrency, the Banano community was extremely generous to us. We never got tipped any Banano, oh, but they did banano. really come in there and hype us up. They were our hype men. So don't be shitting all over Banano. It is a nano fork, they were but Banana. So the uh, creator is actually Banoshi Nakanano. <laughs> I mean, honestly, as far as like a complete, uh, oh, I'm not going to say, you know, okay, I don't want to use that word. But basically, as far as a uh, white paper goes, or better yet, it's obviously all in yellow. And it, it is extremely in-depth. I am really impressed by, it, it says it is a feeless, instant, rich in potassium cryptocurrency powered by <laughs> DAG technology disrupting the meme economy. And then there's a yellow Pepe on the first page. If you scro- scroll down to page three and watch what happens. Yeah, there is an animated like, rocket uh, assembly line of <laughs> monkeys like using putting <laughs> nano out in places and then drones are taking him in. like I don't I don't it's Look, there's a lot in there he's he's butting his head on the thing you know yeah there, this thing is just full of memes <laughs> Look and at the, the speed comparison of nano oh versus God. banano <laughs> it's on page 6 Page six. All right. <laughs> they, they have a quote they, on their white paper. They have a quote from the founder of Nano where he's just like, I think meme coins are hilarious. <laughs> we have one. But I Nano. just want to say that I don't think that I have ever done anything as in depth as this. Like this yellow paper is so in depth with just like they, they basically got all the memes, all the trolls. Like, it's so well done. It's honestly one of the better white papers that I've seen. This is seen. the best white paper I've ever read. <laughs> I am all about Banano. So, listen, uh, Banoshi Nakanano, 
we're happy to have you on the show come on on we'll we'll you know do a voice synthesizer on you or something yeah but you have to be wearing the peanut butter jelly like banana suit <laughs> way yet way yet so all right, all right on it all right so this is honestly i'd recommend checking out the banana yellow paper it is so in-depth very impressed and uh banano.cc slash yellow paper is the website if you don't feel like looking through our show notes yeah all right and uh we have one more story that actually two more one is a quick one uh horizon state uh who they've popped up here and there i've heard of them i don't really know much about them i think you guys have probably covered them in previous episodes no 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 we've covered horizon the coin this is not them i know that's something different we've definitely never covered this one but uh apparently they had to fold because of it was a facebook post they're ceasing operation and uh, apparently there was a legal case a s- in Australia. Something super secret that they can't talk about. Yeah. the reason they went under. And uh, I mean. I feel like we need to have a rapid fire for scam shutdowns. Like the uh, just these ICOs that are just check them off the board. Boom, Isn't boom, that boom. that's a scam? Yeah, but that one's not rapid fire. Like I feel like on that scam we go into it. There's so many of them, the whole damn show would be scams if we went, if we grabbed every one of them. These are just happening all the time. I mean, so at just, this point, like, there's a lot of, from the ICO craze of two years ago, I'd say that, you know, there are some coins that are just starting, probably folding now. And they're just like, all right, we're giving up. You know, we're not re- receiving any funding. Bitcoin and Ethereum isn't skyrocketing to help the altcoins. Like, there hasn't been a healthy market for altcoins really it's they've all just been very tied to bitcoin and ethereum so if you're one of these you know that like barely even i think they were trying to get in late 2017 early 2018 and it's like that's when you got pretty crushed in the market so it's very hard to operate as a company when that's happening imagine if you got a hundred million dollars in funding and then Three months later, that was worth like twenty or thirty million, or even if it's like three uh, three million, and then like it's now it's worth like five hundred k or something, like that. That's got to be tough to deal with. Yeah, it's rough running a company with thirty million dollars. Yeah. Well, no, and also, <laughs> you know, one of the things that, for example, Charles talked about from Cardano was having their money in cash and mapping out what it was going to cost, just running the business under the assumption that crypto was going to be not stable you know so there are precautions that you can take Uh, now it means you don't get to moon but it also means that you get to pay your developers when the market's rough to the coins that didn't take those precautions those are the ones that got wrecked like like that those are the riskier ones and i I appreciate you know cardano (laughs) perfectly balanced as all things should be (laughs) wow wow unexpected thanos up in this up in this podcast okay all right brent do you want to finish off the rapid fire uh with uh one last thing so yeah the finishing off the rapid fire since i didn't even describe what this is when i put it in there so Lummy flux posted in discord that he was the victim of what was called a dust attack he wasn't really a victim like they just tried so what they do in a dust attack and i hadn't heard about this and it's kind of smart they send a bunch of tiny 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 transactions to a bunch of different wallets like hundreds of thousands of wallets, tiny amounts of Litecoin. And they hit enough wallets that they know are Binance wallets 
they try to figure out who belongs to who, and then if they can put two data points together of this wallet belongs to this email address, they call up Binance and they're like, "Hey, I got locked out of my account." And Binance asks them to uh, talk to verify a recent transaction, and they verify that they sent this tiny amount of Litecoin to themselves on Binance, and then they're able to unlock the account. So that is a interesting attack. And then I saw on Reddit that they wanted to remind everyone that that could not happen on Monero because Monero hides the uh, sender's uh, or hides the receiver's address or whatever. So you can't pull that off. You would just be sending people some Monero for fun. Anyway, one other little thing to look out for. If you get a random tiny amount of something in your wallet, it's not happy birthday. It's, oh boy, let me look out because somebody's trying to scam me. Unless you're us. You can always donate to us. Our Ethereum address is in the Discord. We should probably have a Bitcoin address in there too. It's kind of dumb not to have that. I don't yeah. know what. <laughs> that was during my uh, oh, Bitcoin days. Okay. Before we go on to all of our amazing stories, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, even though I kind of already thanked them. Wildfoods.co. They just did that giveaway. They gave out $100 worth of value. And they continue to provide that value by paying for some advertising space on our show. So... They have real food, real ingredients from around the world. They've got like cocoa butter, coffee, fair trade, organic, all that stuff. If you're interested in that kind of thing, you need to go to wildfoods.co, check it out. Use code CryptoBasic12, you can get 12% off your order. Kareem, I still haven't sent you a box because all you said was shopping spree and then you didn't give me any indication of what you wanted. What? I, I mentioned stuff. You were like, what would you like? I was like, what? And then I just set a bunch of stuff. Oh, I missed the bunch. Of, I only saw the what shopping spree notification, and I guess I never checked. Anyway, we'll get Kareem some stuff to try. Maybe I'll just bring it with me to Fort Lauderdale because I'm coming soon. Sounds delicious. It is a, a good coffee. We've actually we're we're plum out of the Wild Foods coffee. We've uh, inhaled it, and then that whatever that uh, I, I keep forgetting the the new tropics, the cocoa, the cocoa tropic. tropics, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, the Cocotropic is a blend of... It's a proprietary blend of <laughs> mushrooms and uh, maca powder and some chocolate powder, I think. Or oh, maybe... Sounds delicious. Uh, yeah, anyway, I I should know what's in it, but whatever. It's it's Wild Foods recipe, and they put a bunch of mushrooms in there, and it's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, go, go for it, Kareem. Take us to the meat of the episode, the yeah, entree. So today... We're gonna have a little discussion. Uh, we talked. We're about joining Ang. the Yang Gang. That's we, right. Hey, Bernie. Now we like Yang. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about Andrew Yang before on this show a little bit, guys. His main issue is he's the guy running for president that's talking about universal basic income. But one of his platforms is to start transitioning our voting system onto a blockchain system. So. In the and it's not just some random quote that he had in an interview. He has this in his website. If you go to the policies tab, he's got a section where he talks about modernizing voting, and he says a couple of things like, for example, that with current technology, it really doesn't make sense that we all have to go stand in line at the voting booth to try to you know sit there for hours to put in a little piece of paper at the booths over there, especially when the machines that we're using are susceptible to hacking anyway and susceptible to manipulation anyway so it's not even necessarily like we are safer because of this process so yang's solution is to start transitioning to a blockchain system specifically i want to read you these two quotes that he has on the website because i think they're pretty strong 
Americans should be able to vote via their mobile devices with verification done via blockchain. This would dramatically increase participation in all elections, local or state federal. And later on, he emphasizes it is 100% technically possible to have a fraud proof voting on our phones today using blockchain. Let's discuss. So I, I mentioned my non-crypto friends on the show every now and then, all my non-crypto friends together. And I bring this up to them. I bring up little things to them every now and then. And this is one of them. I'm like, <laughs> guys, like if it does nothing else, forget money, forget anything. Like blockchain technology should be used for voting. That's literally like the number one use case. As long as we can make it so that a 95 year old man can vote. Like we have to make it so it's possible for him to vote. So if, you know, if he's completely illiterate, and as we've as we've noticed when we're trying to start the podcast, Adam can't even figure out how his microphones work. So if you're 95 year old Adam, how are you going to download an app on your phone? You're not. So it's a little bit rough. So they got to come up with a way to give everybody a voice, and blockchain should be a piece of that. But you can't do it in such a way that somebody needs to help the old people because we've seen what happens when you help the old people. They, you in what was that North Carolina where they just like went to the old people and they're like, Hey, we'll help you take your vote to the mailbox. You don't have to worry about it. And then they threw it away. Hmm. I, that was the, the Republican guy who no, they were, fraud. Yeah. And they were straight up changing. No, I agree that we look, we already have a system that's full of fraud yeah. That it's susceptible to manipulation, cheating, hacking. And at the end of the day, what you want the most is even if whatever, like leave traditional voting in place, but slowly start putting in a system that allows you to vote via something like this. And that you can see that your vote was counted, that there can be no doubt that you could always verify that while keeping you anonymous. Yep. That would, that's, yeah, I think it should absolutely... You know what? Maybe there's a way to do a some sort of hybrid where... <laughs> You can still go to a voting machine, and when you feed the thing through the machine, it just registers on blockchain immediately. Are you guys not worried about collusion with all of like let, like there could be groups of people that then align or people that are go out to just get people to vote a certain way because it's kind of like done behind. I mean, that's happening already. I know, obviously, yeah. but like, <laughs> I, was yeah, like I hate yeah. to break it to you, Adam, but this is literally how it works. Like different yeah. groups with different interests try to coalesce people to vote. That's why. But I mean, couldn't you just like steal? Like, is it possible to just like now you can steal people's phones? And I mean, I don't know. You I need mean, their private public key combination. It depends how they make it. Look, the question is. Can do we have the technology to make it somewhat reliable when you're feeling something out? Look, when I try to get on Binance or when I try to do a couple of different things, if I'm using an advanced technology software and I have two FA, like yeah, it's it's pretty robust usually. It's tough. You have to we could do that at a governmental level. You that can include your social security yeah. number, a private key, I mean, whatever, you know. And then you can start having ID on the blockchain and stuff like that. There's a lot of there's a there's a lot of amazing use cases there. The voting just needs to be needs to be accessible to all in that instance. And I think that there probably is an exact way. And it doesn't have to be on Bitcoin or any other network that's susceptible to an attack. It needs to be on a decentralized reasonably, but you can decentralize a voting system by having a server in all fifty states. But you know what's actually interesting is that maybe you don't get the ninety five year old me. 
but you'd get like grandson of me at 18 years old because those like you'll get a lot because there's a lot of kids who are just like I don't care. Like they don't know anything. They don't know enough about politics, whatever. But if all they have to do is go on their phone to vote, They'll then vote. go vote. Absolutely. So um, which party do you think would probably not want that to happen? <laughs> Republicans. No, yeah. Look, but, it's trust me. The, and sometimes on both sides, there's a lot of games being played to make the electorate smaller. If they make it easier to vote, people will participate. So let's just be real. They want to make it more difficult to vote, unfortunately, to be less responsive or so that smaller percentages of the population can have a bigger influence. Yeah, I'm excited to see I'm excited to see Andrew Yang getting a little bit of exposure here. I'm excited to see him talking about blockchain and being clear that it could be used for voting because it absolutely could. And I don't see it anytime soon, but I hope I hope it I hope it exists sooner than later. Even if they start off with like verifying your driver's license on your phone or something like that. Second thing I'd say is a question to you, Kareem. You said on this show a long time ago that Ted Cruz basically had no chance to get any real amount of voting done in the primaries. Who do you think, given recent press and all that, has a better chance of getting a higher percentage of a primary vote? Ted, uh, wait, I, I fucking, I'm saying Ted Cruz again. I yeah, mean I'm Beto O'Rourke. I don't know why I confuse those two. Beto or uh, or Andrew Yang? I think Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang has a lot more upside. Look, I told you back then, Beto is just a total, like, he's not even real. He's a, he's a media creation. He's There's no umph there. Like, you know, he almost flipped Texas and everybody got excited and that's it. He, he's not like the standard bearer of the, of the party. Yeah, like Andrew Yang is grinding and and like he's been going on a lot of different like been doing a lot of media appearances. Um also uh for what it's worth, I think that if you go on Rogan, your reach just becomes gargantuan. I, I can't really quantify it, you know, we can't, but when you go on and there's three to five million people that are, are watching that episode plus downloading it, then they get talking and they then there are multiple tweets that are like, Oh, I like this guy, who's that guy? you know? Like if if you're not going like I, I don't think yeah Beto or I he's just agree. a normal politician. Andrew yeah. Yang is like this unique outsider. So as more and more people become exposed to him, I think that there is a lot of potential for people to gravitate towards his new unique ideas, unique history. When people like, if you don't know Beto that well, how is Beto going to overtake any of the other people that are exactly like him? policy wise like yeah you know what i mean it's not gonna happen if um maybe i could use my one time when after i watched the rogan with yang i gave him a follow said it was really good he followed me back oh. um so i would be granted he follows five thousand people but i mean maybe i could be like hey want to go on and talk about this some more and he probably will say no or and or not respond but uh yeah if we get andrew yang on the podcast kareem's not allowed to participate he has to. <laughs> he's not allowed to interview him at all. I could just no listen. because he hates politics. I could just listen. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I, I think he'd join in. I don't know. I'm not a betting man, but I would. Well, according to the betting markets on predicted, uh, Brent, I just opened it up after you asked that question. Yang is at ten cents out of a dollar. Beto O'Rourke is currently at two cents out of <laughs> two cents. A so you are well right, according to betting markets. According so, yeah. to the betting markets. As a general idea of who's at one cent, Oprah Winfrey, The Rock, (laughs) 
Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. So Beto O'Rourke <laughs> is currently at two cents. Hillary Clinton is at three cents. That's all I have to say, okay? Wow. So Beto O'Rourke wow. is at nobody. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. I think that's enough politics for one episode. Kareem, let's talk about the protests in Hong Kong. <laughs> oh, we're going right to the Hong Kong protests. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, wait, crypto around the world. Sorry. <laughs> There we go. We almost forgot that drop. <laughs> the best drop that we have. Uh, and I say that I'm biased. Well, I mean, you know, when Daft Punk makes a drop for us. Yeah, you know, Daft no, Punk yeah. is the Daft Punk, yes. <laughs> well, no, we can have Jason record something new as Daft Punk. And, uh, and that'll be the new drop. All right. So have you guys been keeping up with the Hong Kong protests at all? I mean, yeah. We're going on the 11th weekend here, guys. 1.7 million people have gone out um, and participated in the marches. So it looks, estimates are that it's about 25% of the population in Hong Kong. This story specifically was talking about Bitcoin ATMs and how... Before well, we go, do you want to give like a TLDR of why they're protesting? Yeah, there's. I feel like there's probably a couple of reasons why by the main one is the hong kong parliament signed an extradition bill that would basically allow political dissidents to be extradited by china from hong kong and therefore uh they erupted so remember that the british gave hong kong back to the chinese but it's supposed to happen over a I think it's a hundred year or fifty years, sixty years, so least. I think right where Hong wow. Kong would remain independent. They've effectively remained independent, but what the Chinese have done is slowly, gradually uh, infiltrate, so to speak, or start pushing the Communist Party's agenda through government, through corporations, through all that stuff. You know, soft power, so to speak. And uh, then there was some police brutality. More people in Hong Kong got angry. Uh, more protests, etc. This story came in relation to Bitcoin because one of the Bitcoin ATM machines in Hong Kong, uh, a company called Genesis Block, was handing out water bottles and umbrellas. But here's the part that I really wait, like. wait, wait. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picturing like an ATM robot that's just like going around like. No. Would you like some Bitcoin? Have a water bottle. No, just I'm a water a bottle man. Just an ATM, regular ATM machine, guys, where you could buy Bitcoin and other cryptos. But click on right here. There's a I have a little drop down where it says that the bottles themselves have QR codes. And if you and if you look at it, they're handing out water bottles, and on the water bottles themselves, there's the QR code and the address for the fund that's being used precisely to buy those supplies that are being handed out to protesters. And this kind of made me think a little bit bigger picture. Think about how much more direct you can get, whether you're talking about a war zone, disaster zone, starvation zone. And, you know, people always have the question when they're giving to charity, well, I, I want to give to people who are actually giving uh, back. I want money to actually end up there. Imagine if through social media, through all this stuff, you can actually see a future where when there's disaster relief, you can directly see, oh, this is... This is the group, and I can give them directly right now. This is literally the Bitcoin address that's funding these water bottles kind of thing. Right? Kareem, I'm going to have to call bullish or bullshit on this story, and I'll just tell you it's bullshit. 
Tell me. You've been saying that a Bitcoin ATM and there's a Bitcoin address on these water bottles. Did you not look at the red letter? <laughs> Be, this uh, ain't Bitcoin, motherfucker. <laughs> You're it's right. Bitcoin Cash. Now, <laughs> now, there are some people who would agree with you, but I didn't think you are one of them. You and your boy Roger over there thinking oh, Bitcoin is Lord. Bitcoin is... Uh, okay, okay, fine. You're right. It's because I didn't pay attention that closely. The bottom line is it's cool that you can fund directly to something using crypto by just seeing the QR coin or the address. But yes, and Bitcoin Cash is much better to donate money with because if you're donating a dollar or two, you don't want to pay three dollars in fees. So, yeah, I was actually going to let Kareem uh, kind of just get away scot free with that. But Brent, he just no, he no, just no, has to get call it out. You can't. You know. Yeah, it's uh I was like, ah, oh, maybe there's Bitcoin Cash, it's an ATM, they probably it's not just Bitcoin. Yeah, whatever. We'll go. Nah, that. he's doing it from a place of love. He's right to call me out. <laughs> Always a place of love. I love everybody. I have lots of love in me. You know, to be fair, the the article's title was pretty misleading. The title of the article said Hong Kong cryptocurrency hub gives Bitcoin Cash funded water to protesters. <laughs> so- <laughs> so, very misleading. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little bit rough. It's pretty hard. It's pretty easy to see how you made that error. Good afternoon. All right. So, Kareem. No, uh, so, more. Uh, hold on. I want to keep talking about the Hong Kong protest real quick. So, they were actually talking about doing a run on the banks. I don't. Did they end up doing it? I don't think so. I and the, I the, I don't, pro, I the protesters were talking about no withdrawing time. all their money. Right. Right. I've heard about that, but I haven't heard any confirmation that they actually did. I would be interested to see if because they're seeing these water bottles and because they're all pissed off, maybe there's some crypto things that are happening. There's all kinds of weird shit happening. They put the the UK flag over top of a podium when they broke into some place. Now they're all flying the US flag because they're they're trying to get freedom. Weren't and they the big, not letting people uh, like go through? People are flying into the airport. They shut down fly, the airport. Yeah. They start protesting at the airport. They're smart. They're like, what can, what is going to hurt the country the most? Let's go protest at the airport. Show so, um, yeah, they're they're all literally taking their lives <laughs> in their 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 hands right now too. So, if China does get to make some sort of response to this, the last time they decided to quell a protest, thousands of people died. So, well, we don't know. We think thousands of people died because we literally have no idea. If you look up the Tiananmen Square massacres in 2000, or I, I'm sorry, I do think that it's a different time, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if China's game plan here is just to wait them out as much as possible, because it's going to be really hard for the protest to end in a way that significantly reduces Chinese power. I just, you know, yeah, they would basically have to repeal the law in order to get these people to stop. And I think there the issue is there's so much money. Hong Kong's the 27th overall GDP of all countries, and they're really small as far as like you know surface area. Yeah, so they there's a lot of money there that China wants back. So that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid that China will just start being like, oh yeah, we need this billionaire and this billionaire and this billionaire. No, and China benefits from it. But the other problem is they've lost some of their leverage because whereas like 10, 15, 20 years ago, Hong Kong represented almost a quarter of China's GDP or uh, now it's like a fraction of that because the Chinese economy is huge. So it's like Hong Kong doesn't have as much leverage. I don't know. I don't th- I don't expect China to get military, but I don't think we're going to see a result that we could be like, oh, China lost because I don't see it. China doesn't lose. That's the uh, <laughs> Well, not, in this, they, not against a tiny little island. 
Yeah, no, they're, <laughs> I don't think it would work out very well for Puerto Rico if they decided to right. protest us. They would just be Cuba, too, at that point. So. Right, exactly. It's like if Puerto Rico <laughs> yeah. really got serious about protesting the United States, it's, I mean, yes, they could get maybe statehood or something, but, like, it just, yeah. Yeah, anyway. so I, I definitely feel bad for the Hong Kong people. I'm proud of them for standing up. You know, I hope they keep protesting. If you happen to be listening to the show and you are running this Bitcoin Cash donation operation and you are comfortable, you know, existing, you come on the show. We'll have you on. Obviously, uh, you don't have to, you know, have to pay us. Join us and uh, we'll have you on the show. So, all right, you guys want to take it to a different part of uh, Europe? We sh- want to go to Ukraine here. Ukraine. We're taking it to a different part of Europe. All right. That a different part of Europe than Hong Kong. All right, guys. So you know that there's a lot of demand for <laughs> cryptocurrency mining power because mining is expensive. And of course, what they want the most is free, cheap energy. Well, recently, <laughs> the cheapest and hottest, the energy cheapest around. and hottest energies. Well, guys, in Ukraine, we had a group of officials get in trouble for apparently running an illegal mining rig. At the local nuclear power plant. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, the equivalent of the Ukrainian like FBI basically found a bunch of mining equipment at the nuclear power plant. <laughs> and they were basically the court documents allege, who knows if this is one of those like throw the book at them or if they're serious. But their explanation was that the internet connection that was required for the mining operation actually put the plant at risk and secrets at risk. Oh. And a local court actually already ruled that confidential data from the plant was actually leaked out online because of the mining operation. Damn. These guys are going to get in trouble, right? Dude, imagine you're like the FBI and you know nothing about cryptocurrency and you stumble upon a massive mining farm at a nuclear power plant, mm-hmm. you, you, you literally are going to be like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. going to assume it's a giant bomb and somebody's going to ask for billions of dollars in ransom. Yeah, I guess that's the best case scenario. What is <laughs> yeah. going on as here? Tell me now. <laughs> We're trying to make Massive fields of electronics that could be under a nuclear power plant. This is as benign as it gets, boys. So I ended up, uh, so I've been traveling and I haven't really had much opportunity to uh, look at most of the stories. So I happened to pick one out and it, and it turns out it was exactly this one after I went and did some of the research. But there were some things that Kareem didn't mention, which I thought were pretty <laughs> funny. Shots fired. Well, no, it's two articles. So there's like they went from different routes. One was right. saying that this has been happening a lot where state officials are now using their like their cheap power and electricity to mine uh current you know to to try to like mine cryptocurrency uh it's happened in australia romania and russia now and it's just kind of like a a funny thing Uh, these guys were saying that they they were doing this because they were down so much from like the past few years and then all of a sudden it started doing well again so they were like all right like we gotta cash cash in on the mining craze after like a year and change of it just getting wrecked and in more governments actually there's a guy in china right now that's serving three and a half years for stealing energy from a train network so this guy rented a little apartment that was close to train lines 
put up a 50 machine rig and was sucking up power and apparently got caught. He's in prison. We covered that guy, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Did we? I feel like that's the other one that we talked about. The guy from China that was stealing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Venezuela had some problems since they subsidized oil. Basically, like Adam said, you create a, a demand for cheap power and where you can find it, you know, people are going to want to mine. Check this one out. So from the Romanian one, uh, which happened in 2018, April, um, it's the Romanian National Research Institute for Nuclear Physics and Engineering. So really low level stuff. Uh, <laughs> so this guy gets caught at work uh, and they reported that the employee brought his own mining rig and connected it to the institutional electric network which was recently expanded to support one of the most powerful lasers in the entire world. So it's like, you're, you know, that that's genius. So that was all of a sudden maybe at risk. (laughs) That is great. (laughs) Look, Brent is somehow speechless. No, no, it's all funny, but it goes to my theory of why I got into crypto in the first place. All the smartest people I knew were talking about it well before I got involved. And where are they stealing this mining power from? They're stealing it from nuclear facilities. Like, they work at the nuclear facility. Unless it was the janitor. Like, even the janitor probably has to pass a massive test to get in there. So, I'm pretty sure these are still some of the smartest people in the room, even though they were too stupid to, you know, deposit their mining. Smart but greedy, which is... Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's fine. And I think... uh, That describes a lot of us anyway. Yeah. Well, I think there wasn't there more to this. Uh, well, yeah. If you want to, would you like Adam to pronounce kinda, the? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack, but I kind of also did it. No, but, I would not like to pronounce. That's all I had to say about the. Brent, do you want to pronounce the uh, city uh, by chance uh, live on where uh, is the, the city? Show? It's in Ukraine, and it, it's a Ukrainian power plant. Where where is it? I didn't write it down. That's how I'll, little. I'll just yeah. I'll try to write it. It's it's. Use now Kransk. And it's like 14 letters with like multiple H's and K's and I don't even oh, know. Oh, yeah. Use yeah, now You know what? I think you did a good job. That's yeah. pretty good. We'll, uh, we'll check later. Well, we're going to have to stay in Russia because I got kind of a funny follow-up. Remember, so, <laughs> so we're now staying in Russia from Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, we were going... Around staying we in going, Europe after staying from in Europe Hong from Hong Kong, <laughs> Kareem's on point with his uh, geology today. Yeah, or, geography. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Thanks for oh, joining me, Satoshi. Uh, all right. So, oh my God. enough geology. Let's get back. <laughs> enough geometry. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So last week we talked about Moscow and their blockchain voting system yeah <laughs> and oh. it's hacked no. <laughs> no, no, no it's not hacked it's not hacked this is good and bad but this was too funny not to cover oh my god i went on so, such a good rant about it being positive uh, no listen listen a french security researcher his name is pierre eric godry has found a critical vulnerability in moscow's blockchain-based voting system and they were planning on rolling out this system for the elections next month. So, Godry, the researcher, figured out that you can derive the private keys from the main account by basically brute forcing it because the method that they used, 
used encryption key sizes that were just way too small to be secured. So here's the dude's exact quote. It can be broken in about 20 minutes using a standard personal computer and using only free software that is publicly available. <laughs> so, now, Jesus. Of course, since the protocol, everything about the blockchain system itself isn't in English, some of it's in, a lot of it's in Russian, then he doesn't really know what he could do with those public keys that he's able to brute force, those private keys, sorry. Um, but for example, he could maybe see in a worst case scenario who voted for who and attach it to the specific uh, person. Now, to be fair, this is where I'm going to come to Moscow's defense a little bit. Number one, this vulnerability was discovered because they posted it on GitHub and asked researchers to please attack them. And they offered bounties and all that stuff. This is how the process works. So number one, that's good. Uh, number two, they seemed, who knows if they're just covering it up, but they're like, oh, no, no, no. We totally agree that this is too small of a key. Uh, this was just for our trial period. Uh, we're going to go from a 256B key to a 1024-bit key. But according to the researcher, Godry, that's still not enough. He says they need to go to 2048. And, you know, happy ending to the story. The researcher is going to get one million rubles, which is about... A million rubles, that's a lot. That's about $15,000 or oh. about 0.7342 Bitcoin. I don't know, that's an estimate. I, that's solid. That's a solid, but, you know. Yeah, less so. than one Bitcoin. Kareem's still on the 20K Bitcoin price. <laughs> 15K, that's a lot of Bitcoin. That's 15 Bitcoin right over here okay uh that's the end of the story guys so it's hilarious um still good on good on moscow for trying i just can't hear these stories and not think to myself like that putin is somewhere like okay okay make blockchain but leave back door so i can check who they vote for <laughs> 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 I won't. I won't tamper. I just need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just. I just want to. I just want to have it here. And you know, just want to see. It's fine. <laughs> I just want to hey, make sure they're not voting for the wrong guy. All right. That's yeah. it, guys. All right. So we're done. We we can leave the internationality of Eastern Europe. And it's time for that's a scam. No, 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 no. That's a scam. I have a cool little story that I found on Reddit here. Uh. It's kind of long-ish, but there's a user on Reddit by the name of IDK. It's I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's IDKWT, and then I'm talking about. So that's his that's his username, and he popped on there, and he said that he was scammed, and he wanted to basically tell people how this scam works so that they didn't get scammed. Also, uh, there was a guy on there named Montana02115. So we have red flag number one. Uh, he has random state, random numbers in his name. So it's clearly just like generated by something. Could have been uh, his, his name, Montana. No, his name is Dean. Okay. Uh, or at least that's what he said. So he randomly DMs this guy on Reddit and asks him a question about the price of a token called NKN or, or, or a project called NKN and just like gets into a crypto discussion with him. He didn't just like message him like we get all the time on Discord, which is like, hey, we have great signals, great trading opportunities. Just join this Discord server and you'll make millions of dollars. This guy is just like chatting it up with him about crypto. 
And while he's chatting up with him, he's like, you really seem like you know your shit about crypto. He's like, we, I'm part of a group where we do like private buying of IEOs or they do private investing. And he's like, you know what? I might be able to get you in if you're interested. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. So they invite him to a TeamSpeak channel. And I think TeamSpeak is always audio. I could be wrong. It could be text too. I've never used TeamSpeak. I know it's a Discord competitor. And they bring him into their TeamSpeak channel, and and they're like, "Hey guys, uh, this is this guy. I met him on Reddit. He seemed blah blah blah." And he like goes on and talks about how cool he is. And he's like, "If you guys don't object, I'd like him to be in the group." And they like one by one vote that it's okay to have him in the group, right? So he gets welcomed to the research team, and everything's great. And then a couple days later, the guy sends everybody an SAFT for a token called Perlin. SAFT is, I didn't know what that was. So apparently this is the new way people are getting around ICO regulations. It's called a simple agreement for future tokens. And it's basically a pinky promise that when they are operational, they will give tokens out at their token generation event to their original people who have funded the project. Like an airdrop or is it like a pinky drop? Yeah, it's more like, yeah, it's like a pinky drop. It's like a combination between an ICO and an airdrop. Yeah, like you give them money, they give you a little thing. It says we are totally going to give you these tokens later. So they sign that, and I guess later makes it get around the accredited investor rules, so you don't even need to be accredited investor or anything like that. So they're doing this Perlin thing, and they're going through the Discord or through their TeamSpeak, asking each person like, okay, how much do you want to put in? And one guy's like, this much, this much. Uh, they get to another guy. He puts in eleven, or he puts in eleven hundred Ethereum. This one, the guy actually sees on the blockchain. So somebody sends eleven hundred Ethereum to this address. He's either in on the scam or is also being scammed himself. Sends eleven hundred Ethereum. They say that they've raised eleven thousand Ethereum for the project so far, and then they get to him and they're like, "How much do you want to put in?" And he's like, at this point, he's super excited. He's getting in on this IEO that nobody can get in on, and he's like, "Well, I'll give my whole bankroll. I'll give ten. He's like, he said he's a broke college kid. He had ten Ethereum and he puts it all in there. So it's a couple thousand bucks. Then the next day, he gets his Perlin tokens. So everything looks like it's on the up and up. And then they start talking about being able to uh, do another token drop uh, from another coin called Sovereign. But in the meantime, this Reddit poster actually gets kind of smart, and he looks at the smart contract. First, he thinks everything's fine because they actually sent some of these tokens to the Binance wallet, or wallets that are on Binance. So he's thinking, like, okay, it's legit. Like, the coins are on Binance. But then he keeps looking and he does some more research and he finds out that Perlin hasn't had its token generation event yet. So this is just a random ERC-20 token that they named Perlin that is a fake token that they've sent to him. So if he didn't do his research, he'd think he was in on an ICO or IEO or whatever you want to call this now, buying a team that already paid him his Perlin tokens, which are actually just these worthless tokens that are ERC-20. He says in the group, Guys, I don't think Perlin's had their token generation event yet, and they immediately ban him from the group. So he decides he wants to get a little bit more information. He convinces the guy to let him back in, uh, and they do. And then what they do is they say, okay, we're going to do the buying for Sovereign tonight. He says he can't make it, and they pressure him to come. He's like, no, no, I can't make it. And then the next day, one of them messages him, and they say, like, hey, listen, too many people couldn't show up last night, so we're going to do the buy tonight. Um, you know, you can still make it. And he's like, okay. And then he shows up and they said, Hey, we had some leftover from the buy last night. So the stories didn't even line and they tried to get him to donate more. He said, no, no, he doesn't have the funds right now. And then they banned him again. 
So he was scammed out of his 11 Ethereum by these guys. Uh, the guy actually, so in the Reddit post, which was only a few hours before we did the show, you can see that Reddit started doing their research. They found out that the guy owns a subreddit called Binance IEO is the the name of the subreddit. So that guy is the owner of that subreddit. He apparently just messaged tons and tons of active users on Reddit asking them if they wanted to get involved in this. Uh, and yeah, so actually I'm checking my Reddit. I messaged this guy and told him I was going to talk about his scam on the show and uh, he messaged me back. So, okay, no, he didn't say anything important. He just said, awesome, man. Let me know if you need any more info. So yeah, they so they they figured out their Teamspeak server. They figured out that he owns our Binance IEO to scam people, and they're even it looks like they're trying to dox this guy and figure out who he actually is. So hopefully Reddit can do something about this and maybe get the authorities on this. That would be great. Otherwise, look if some rando messages you about crypto, just don't fucking talk to him. That's it. Under no circumstances, even if it's us. In fact, especially if it's us, because I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough ingenuity in me to go out there and start messaging people about crypto. I barely talk in the Discord. No, that's not true. I talk in the You're Discord. You're not just hitting up random guy being like, sup? It doesn't yeah. happen on the internet unless it's... There's no shady. scenario where you meet a random person and then you end up in a financial arrangement with them that is not a scam like even if you meet somebody in person and you're at like a networking event and they give you some great opportunity two days later that's just multi-level marketing scam instead of a crypto scam so yeah just be uh really cautious this kind of stuff be a skeptic be like kareem and not like i don't know what i'm talking about although i i I feel i feel bad for this guy i really like that he put himself out there of course reddit is shitting all over him like well it's your fault you're an idiot it, they're getting downvoted, but you see them all over the place. With that, just in case anybody thought the victim blaming stopped it, like females that Reddit will victim blame anybody. Uh, just you know, there's fewer people that victim blame if they're not female. So that's it. That's the end of that scam. So that's I don't know why this. So this next, I, I put another story in this. That's a scam section. But Adam, I'm gonna go to you because you've got a you found a little list of scams that we wanted to kind of let the listeners know about just like these scams are out there be on alert for them and don't fall for them all right well uh there's so i guess there's we can just go through there's there's, seven or something right yeah there were there were six scams and we'll just go uh i'll just name them there one is a trading signal scam which it's like, hey, join this. I guess this is like a pretty obvious one where yeah, you yeah. know, join the special telegram group and they're like giving away trading signals. There's a fee involved. The investor has to join. And then like, so that's already kind of bogus. And then also sometimes they're using you, like the people that are getting scammed to then completely uh, pump and like to pump and dump essentially yep. right like they're like they're like all right this is perfect time for us to because it might like get driven up very quickly or something yeah they they create the signals they know what signal they're about <laughs> to send out so they make sure they buy all the coins <laughs> yeah before all and even in those groups i was i was watching a youtube on this they have like different levels so you have to buy into like level one if you want to get the signal right away you have to wait three minutes to get the signal if you're in level, level two you have to wait like another two minutes in level three so if you're just like a random turd on the server like everybody in that server has that coin before you can ever buy it, and then the second they know you're getting the signal, they're selling it to you. So yeah. it's hilariously awful. The second one is actually something that I've 
thought about doing, but like, like I mean, sorry, not scamming, but I've thought about <laughs> giving away a hard way, a hardware wallet because it just seems like a very useful thing to give away. Yeah. Because, you know, but what they do is an attacker organizes like a giveaway or sells it on, you know, eBay or something for really large discounts. You're like, sweet. This because, because they're, by the way, um, we'll say, 2000 it's always 2017 the demand for ledgers i think it went like in july of that year it was like all right you could get some and then by like a few weeks into august they were backward until the end of september so it took me six weeks to get my first one yeah so it really is something you know it's enticing to a lot of people to get it for a discount to get it quickly and to, to not, you wouldn't ever really think, oh, this is like completely a scam. So what happens is the attacker buys a new hardware wallet and get generates a recovery key. And then when, when the attacker repackages it and sends it out to the winner, and then once the victims actually use the funds or put, put the, the coins and the funds into the wallet or the funds, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and they're gone. The attacker uses the recovery key to steal the user's fund. And very easy way to protect yourself. Just don't buy it unless it's from the source. Yeah. I wouldn't even buy one from Amazon because you could be buying the one that's part of like an Amazon FBA program. And they may have done this. Another, Even if it's sealed and it looks like it's the real box, what they do is they find a way to put in scratch offs that they know the code to. It's very interesting. So I know that the I haven't bought a ledger in a couple of years, but I know they've done some things that have solved that problem. Like the code is generated in apps, so they can't do a scratch off or whatever. But yeah, I don't. It, be, be careful. Always just buy like directly from Ledger or Trezor or one of the other wallets. I know. Like just don't cut corners when it comes to security. You you have an obligation to keep your money or, or whatever your coins, whatever you have safe. Um, so doing this is just lazy. So the next one is uh, start your own wallet exchange scam, which I'm not really that familiar with. But basically the... the it's an exit scam. Yeah, fair. Okay. It's just an exit scam with a wallet slash an exchange. And then once people start using it, you take their money. That <laughs> That's the, the quick version. All right. And uh, yeah, so I guess the way to protect yourself is to just try to keep it simple don't go diving deep into some random exchange that seems to be like on the up and up or whatever like just stick with binance or even was it coinbase pro is that gdax got renamed to coinbase pro right yes coinbase pro yes yeah so so, you know just even kraken or you know just just stick with the ones that you know the ones that are kind of already solidified in uh just like in the cryptocurrency market. The, no, the next one is the IEO scam. And which, <laughs> which is, yeah. Obviously, this one's talking about a fake IEO, but really, is it that different from a real one? Yeah. Sad. But it, basically, it just occurs on small exchanges where they list their token on the exchange and carry out an IEO. And then, like, they, they exchange an attacker promote it. And then it's just like, just money just really wasn't much of anything yep. fake shit hot air then there's this fake qr code generator but you get the qr code of the attacker they swap them so what they do with a fake qr code generator is they it's like malware and then if we were to make a qr code for like send us crypto 
it would replace it and put theirs there and we would have no idea because we don't know what our qr code is supposed to look like right so we would be posting their qr code on a website and or it would be like a qr code generator website where we put in our wallet address and it spits out theirs so that we would be sending the coins to the wrong people or somebody uh, would be sending the coins to the wrong people. And then uh, this is one that I've, I haven't seen pop up too often. Well, actually, no. I have seen a lot of cryptocurrency hedge funds pop up. Whether they were legit, it remains to be uh, that that is a different. I don't know if, if some of them were legit or not. But basically, it's when a cryptocurrency trader decides he's going to, you know, a popular one decides he's going to start his own hedge fund and only take on a few people. And then he gets a few victims and then... The guy just so we're talking about that one. Uh, what was that guy's name? The guy that like gambled it all on on. You're talking about on the, margin, not the nano, the BitGrow guy. No, no, there was just a guy who like ran one of these, and then he just traded everything on margin and lost it. I remember and he was covering. Like, Don't that. worry, I'm gonna get all your money back. And he sent like an email with all kinds of typos and stuff where he was told people he's getting their money back yeah, anyway that was a great yeah email. that's that guy I don't, whatever that guy was i don't remember his name he's like i'm gonna martingale our way into success yes <laughs> and then the, the last one is just a new coin scam where uh they're giving away free tokens anyone joins their website they, they what they do is they like they get your kyc information for a giveaway and now they can use it on something else. So they're like, hey, yeah, we're, get, we're doing an airdrop. Just fill out this piece of paper here, and then you're good. And you're filling out shit like last four of your social and like all that stuff. So that's how they, they get you. So And then we can add this whole private buying group scam to this list. And the dust so, scam now, apparently, too. Yeah, the dust dust scam. Oh, just be careful out uh, there, man. Phishing is, is not even listed in here, too. Just you, always check the website. If you get an email that's like, "Up, oh, we need a, uh, we need you to change your password or something like that," make sure that e- you check the email. The email is never going to be like the title of it might say Binance support, but it's going to be like Binance support at randomwebsite.com or something. You know? Yeah, we get we get when we get all the time just a random scam thought. We get one that says our Squarespace site is like we owe money all the time. And it's like, oh shit, my card didn't work. And then you go in, you give them a new card, and then that's it. They have your thing, and it looks like it's from Squarespace. But again, you you check the email address; it's clearly not Squarespace. So, yep. So that that that's the end of that. Now, I, this should not have been in the that's a scam section. So consider the that's a scam section over. I don't know why this ended up down here. I just dragged it to the wrong spot. Whatever on our on our notion. This is a website called Masari.io, and the reason I even decided to look at what this was is because Cardano joined it. And it's uh, it's called the Masari Disclosures Registry because Cardano joined it piqued my interest. They are a site that focuses on transparency for all of these like little crypto projects. And so if you if you go to Masari.io, they've got 54 coins that are signed on. Cardano is the biggest one by a decent margin for the for the most part. And but what you won't see is so other than Kareem's favorite 10x. Mm-hmm. I don't see any like things that scream scam to me. And honestly, maybe Kareem, you didn't invest in a bad coin. It just tanked or whatever. Maybe it's not a scam. I don't know. We haven't even really researched that one. What? No, I told but, you 10X, what, 10X wasn't a scam. The reason 10X didn't work out is because the... Visa owned them. Well, they pulled the partnership or whatever. They There was some kind of deal and then they pulled that issuance. Right. 
Which whatever. So they've got. If you look at their list at masari.io/registry, they've got 54 coins. They're all pretty. You know, there's a lot that you've heard of, plenty that you haven't. But they've even got some like some of those gems out there that I've seen that I'm like, oh, they look like they're kind of doing cool stuff, like block stack or library or uh, maker like. Coins I haven't really delved into, coins I don't own, but I have like signed up for block stack services and stuff like that. So Zcash anyway, waves, it's a, oh yeah. they have the hex row, the hero one. Remember we covered that? Oh yeah, hero. yeah, that's the one where you could bet on uh, if the uh, crypto is gambling, where you could go up or down if Bitcoin was in like five minutes. Yeah. So I like this idea. What they're really doing is they're saying like, give us your documents for your transparency, and we will audit them to make sure that they're legitimate. To make sure that you're not just putting out bullshit and selling bullshit like so many of these projects are. You're not going to see names on here like Substratum. You're not going to see names on here like Tron. <gasps> like they aren't on there. Oh, sorry, Adam. Uh, they aren't on there. And it's a cool little list of things. So I, I also did a little bit more research. And this company has their own like market cap style. What they do. They have a different methodology for pricing because... Just the number of coins out out there times the price of the coins doesn't really work because there's coins that either don't exist, will never exist, are locked up, have never moved, like all this stuff. So they've got five different what they call tranches of market cap. And it starts with the maximum, which is the max that can ever exist. The diluted number by 2050, which is their just it's a market cap number of how many coins are going to exist in the year 2050 based on the estimations that they can currently make. The outstanding ones, which are the ones that are visible on chain, including units that may be locked up or restricted. Then there's the liquid ones that uh, the supply is visible on chain, but not known to have any programmatic or contractual restrictions. So that would be like Satoshi's coins would be counted in that. But liquid supply excludes any of the project founders, the foundation, or the founder units on top of all the other exclusions that have never been moved or sold. So if they had some sort of foundation that got like half of the coins and they're still sitting there and they've never been transferred in a wallet, they don't get included in the circulating supply. So which makes sense to me. So it with Bitcoin, the maximum would be 21 million or 20 million 999998. The diluted in 2050 would be 20 million 983, so almost all of them. The liquid amount would be 20 million 434. And the outstanding amount would be seventeen million five fifty, which is what's existing today, and it's the same as the liquid and the circulating because they don't. They're not, I guess they're not including Satoshi's wallet in the dormant kind. But if you look at like Ripple, for instance, their their circulating supply is only fifteen billion, and their total supply is their maximum is hundred billion. Their diluted is hundred billion. Their liquid is ninety seven billion. Outstanding is hundred billion, but their uh, or their liquid by ten years. I'm sorry. So it's a cool different way of looking at it. So when you click on, uh, if you go to Masari.io and you go to their um, on-chain effects, you can see that they rank the coins differently. So they rank them by their year 2050 market cap. So they take the price of the coin, the daily average, and multiply it by the coins that they expect to exist in the year 2050 rather than the coins that exist now. And it does some interesting things to the to to the rankings. Like um, there's something called Algor Algorand. Al Gore, not Al Gore. Mm-hmm. It's Al Gorand. I don't know what it means. Algorand, maybe. Uh, that's in the top ten that I've never heard of. 
Uh, there's one called Unus Said Leo, which I've seen a couple of times pop up. Tron is all the way down at 15. You know, there's a lot of a lot of different things. And then if you actually sort them by their their liquid market cap, which is that smallest number that they put on there, it's it's interesting because you see things like uh, actually no, there's nothing interesting about that. That looks about right. Sorry. So if you do it by the liquid market cap, it looks about like you. Oh, well, EOS is way higher. EOS is six with that, and if you do it by the year 2050, EOS is nine. So things change, and they've got a couple of other cool metrics on here that you don't see on normal coin things. Uh, supply percent issued, so you can see like 85% of Bitcoin is out, 25% of XRP, 24% of Stellar, that kind of thing. Uh, they've got percentage down from all time high as a as a metric. Uh, the lowest one is Huobi token at uh, 19%. Second lowest Binance coin at 32% of the top. Uh, it looks like they've only got 100 listed here. And then you've got the uh, year to date plus or minus Binance coin up being up 350%. Uh, or 354 is number one there. Oh, no, I'm sorry, number two. Chainlink is number one. Anyway, cool little, cool little thing that I wanted to throw on just because I saw it. And that would be the end of that just something that i was like kareem i was doing research for bitcoin and then all of a sudden i saw cardano and then i went down a cardano rabbit hole and (laughs) kareem was telling us earlier that he was going to get coffee today and he went to his coffee maker and then he found that sticky note that i put on it instead he bought he bought cardano he (laughs) tried to get coffee and he got cardano and it's one of those things that happens yeah well i do end up getting real interested in cardano not gonna lie i love their product that's what i was speaking of getting hot you got any shots fired (laughs) I saw a cool one. This was pretty funny. Andreas Antonopoulos tweeted this out. He got a letter from the IRS for his crypto with or his crypto holdings. They're investigating a bunch of crypto people or, or they're sending letters out for people they think might have crypto. And he was like, the IRS is using very advanced investigation techniques. They have information that leads them to believe I may have cryptocurrency. <laughs> Say it ain't so. Such sleuthing. Wow. P.S. <laughs> I reported and paid all my taxes properly. They're casting a very wide net, cheap and easy. But yeah, it's pretty funny. Like, oh, they thought maybe I would have a little bit of crypto. Good read. Pretty, good pretty read cool. by the IRS. Batting yeah, good 100. job, IRS. You are really on top of your shit. Sorry, Bretzy. So the most important thing is we have a new master node layer Patreon member. The Patreon member's name is The Burrito Project. I know nothing about them. They just signed up as our Patreon master node, which is our $5 per episode level. Which keeps us afloat, and we severely appreciate it. So thank you for joining the Patreon, and uh, you're going to get your non-fungible token on the Engine blockchain as a reward. And I think now that I'm doing some streaming, I might be able to do some cool stuff. If you're out there in crypto land, and you're playing a game on blockchain, drop it off in the Discord. It kind of sucks that they all seem to be exactly Hearthstone with a couple of, like, tweaks it's almost like a different format great. of hearthstone yeah let's get original they need to break games away got solved from guys the, yep yeah. all the games got solved so it ideally something a little bit different from hearthstone because god's unchained and i never really played hearthstone but i watched people play it and i knew like kind of the differences from magic as far as i can tell the only differences between god's unchained and hearthstone is that after turn five you get your mana slightly slower so on hearthstone you get one mana per turn right yeah, and it just you, yeah, and it caps out at. It's 10. a non-issue basically, but after a certain yeah, so it, it and it caps out. So on God's Unchained, once you hit turn five, it takes you two turns to unlock your sixth, and then three more turns to unlock your seventh, 
and then four more turns to unlock your eighth i guess i'm making these numbers up but it's just it's longer so the more the higher casting cost cards do more than they do in hearthstone i guess but you still have like the little power of your person you have the different classes and that kind of thing so um there's all kinds of different little pieces of the hearthstone clone puzzle i hope they make it so there's this new type of game it's like called it's called team flight tactics and then uh dota underlords which are essentially it's just like you know they're using league of legends and dota but it's kind of like you're playing chess almost with these different characters that you get like you get some sort of gold every turn and then you just like have to like fight them with your pieces and stuff and I, I hope this get this type of format for games take off, and uh, we could get some blockchain ones like that. Um, but yeah, the the card game is kind of like, all right, we get it. Like honestly, Magic is fucking <laughs> unreal, and Hearthstone's pretty good, and there's yeah. some other ones. Like it's just not going to be better. I would rather be playing Magic than playing that game, but whatever. So. I, I will stream, Adam will stream at some point. He'll put his clout behind there. Maybe he'll even stream, maybe we'll get him to stream some poker or something. I don't know. So follow us on Twitch. We've got like, we need like 18 more followers so we can make money on it. So do it. And uh, then, yeah, I don't think we make much money, but whatever. So do that. And we'll probably do like an exclusive giveaway on Twitch at some point. Give away some crypto basic shirts or something like that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. In the meantime, Kareem. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we are not financial advisors. We are crypto idiots. We are idiots. We do not know much about, or no, we know, we, we talk about cryptocurrency, but we are not oh, experts. <laughs> and I am very much not an expert at this because Kareem <laughs> handed it off after getting, uh, after Brent passed the hot potato. He just threw it at me. So he flickered it to you. If anyone else wants to say anything about us being idiots, uh, feel free. Yeah, well, Kareem's got to work on his geology. I got to work on my genealogy. And I think it's time to call it a quits on this episode of the Crypto Basic Podcast. So see you later, everybody. See you next week. Sayonara. Sayonara.